Welcome to the Bible 365 podcast, delivering God's word to you every day, walking with fellow Christians through the entire Bible in one year. Each book of the Bible is read by a different member of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, bringing new voices to a timeless story. Let's hear God's word for today. 1 Chronicles chapter 19. Sometime later, King Nahash of the Ammonites died, and his son became king in his place. Then David said, I'll show kindness to Hanun, son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. So David sent messengers to console him concerning his father. However, when David's emissaries arrived in the land of the Ammonites to console him, the Ammonite leaders said to Hanun, Just because David has sent men with condolences for you, do you really believe he's showing respect for your father? Instead, having his emissaries come in order to scout out, overthrow, and spy on the land. So Anun took David's emissaries, shaved them, cut their clothes in half at the hips, and sent them away. It was reported to David about his men, so he sent messengers to meet them, since the men were deeply humiliated. The king said, Stay in Jericho until your beards grow back, then return. When the Ammonites realized they had made themselves repulsive to David, Hanun and the Ammonites sent 38 tons of silver to hire chariots and horsemen from Aram Naharim, Aram Makah, and Zobah. They hired 32,000 chariots from the king of Maacah with his army, who came and camped near Medabah. The Ammonites also came together from their cities for battle. David heard about this and sent Joab and all the elite troops. The Ammonites marched out and lined up in battle formation at the entrance of the city, while the kings who had come were in the field by themselves. When Joab saw that there was a battle line in front of him and another behind him, he chose some of Israel's finest young men and lined up in formation to engage the Arameans. He placed the rest of his forces under the command of his brother Abishai, They lined up in formation to engage the Ammonites. If the Arameans are too strong for me, Joab said, then you will be my help. However, if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I'll help you. Be strong. Let's prove ourselves strong for our people and for the cities of our God. May the Lord's will be done. Joab and the people with him approached the Arameans for battle and they fled before him. When the Ammonites saw that the Arameans had fled, they likewise fled before Joab's brother Abishai and entered the city. Then Joab went to Jerusalem. When the Arameans realized that they had been defeated by Israel, they sent messengers to summon the Arameans who were beyond the Euphrates River. They were led by Shofak, the commander of Hadiatzer's army. When this was reported to David, he gathered all Israel and crossed the Jordan. He came up to the Arameans and lined up against them, When David lined up to engage them, they fought against him, but the Arameans fled before Israel, and David killed 7,000 of their charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers. He also killed Shofak, commander of the army. When Hadiatzer's subjects saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they made peace with David and became his subjects. After this, the Arameans were never willing to help the Ammonites again. 1 Chronicles chapter 20. In the spring, when kings march out to war, Joab led the army and destroyed the Ammonites' land. He came to Rabbah and besieged it. But David remained in Jerusalem. Joab attacked Rabbah and demolished it. And David took the crown from the head of their king 
and it was placed on David's head. He found that the crown weighed 75 pounds of gold, and there was a precious stone in it. In addition, David took away a large quantity of plunder from the city. He brought out the people who were in it and put them to work with saws, iron picks, and axes. David did the same to all the Ammonite cities. Then he and all his troops returned to Jerusalem. After this, a war broke out with the Philistines at Gezer. At that time, Sibekai the Hushathite killed Sippai, a descendant of the Rephaim, and the Philistines were subdued. Once again, there was a battle with the Philistines. And Elhanan, son of Jair, killed Lahmi, the brother of Goliath of Gath. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. There was still another battle at Gath, where there was a man of extraordinary stature with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in all. He too was descended from the giant. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of David's brother Shimei, killed him. These were the descendants of the giant in Gath killed by David and his soldiers. First Chronicles chapter 21 Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to count the people of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the troops, Go and count Israel from Beersheba to Dan, and bring a report to me so I can know their number. Joab replied, May the Lord multiply the number of his people a hundred times over. My lord the king, aren't they all my lord's servants? Why does my lord want to do this? Why should he bring guilt on Israel? Yet the king's orders prevailed over Joab, so Joab left and traveled throughout Israel, and then returned to Jerusalem. Joab gave the total troop registration to David. In all Israel, there were 1,100,000 armed men, and in Judah itself, 470,000 armed men. But he did not include Levi and Benjamin in the count, because the king's command was detestable to him. His command was also evil in God's sight, so he afflicted Israel. David said to God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. Now please take away your servant's guilt, for I have been very foolish. Then the Lord instructed Gad, David's seer, Go and say to David, This is what the Lord says. I am offering you three choices. Choose one of them for yourself, and I will do it to you. So Gad went to David and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Take your choice. Three years of famine, or... Three months of devastation by your foes with the sword of your enemy overtaking you, or three days of the sword of the Lord, a plague on the land, the angel of the Lord bringing destruction to the whole territory of Israel. Now, decide what answer I should take back to the one who sent me. David answered Gad, I'm in anguish. Please let me fall into the Lord's hands, because his mercies are very great, but don't let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel, and 70,000 Israelite men died. Then God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. But when the angel was about to destroy the city, the Lord looked, relented concerning the destruction, and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough! Withdraw your hand now. The angel of the Lord was then standing at the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. When David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven with his drawn sword and his hand stretched over Jerusalem, David and the elders covered in sackcloth fell face down. David said to God, Wasn't I the one who gave the order to count the people? 
I am the one who has sinned and acted very wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Lord my God, please let your hand be against me and against my father's family. But don't let the plague be against your people. So the angel of the Lord ordered Gad to tell David to go up and set up an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. David went up at Gad's command, spoken in the name of the Lord. Ornan was threshing wheat when he turned and saw the angel. His four sons who were with him hid. David came to Ornan, and when Ornan looked and saw David, he left the threshing floor and bowed to David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Give me this threshing floor plot, so that I may build an altar to the Lord on it. Give it to me for the full price, so the plague on the people may be stopped. Ornan said to David, Take it. My lord, the king may do whatever he wants. See, I give the oxen for the burnt offerings, the threshing sledges for the wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. King David answered Ornan, No, I insist on paying the full price, for I will not take for the Lord what belongs to you or burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David gave Ornan fifteen pounds of gold for the plot. He built an altar to the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord, and he answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. Then the Lord spoke to the angel, and he put his sword back into its sheath. At that time, David offered sacrifices there when he saw that the Lord answered him at the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. The tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses made in the wilderness, and the altar of burnt offering were at the high place in Gibeon, but David could not go before it to inquire of God, because he was terrified of the sword of the Lord's angel. Galatians chapter 5 For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm then, and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Take note, I, Paul, am telling you that if you get yourselves circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. Again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised that he is obligated to do the entire law. You who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. For we eagerly await through the Spirit by faith the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. You were running well. Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? This persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. I myself am persuaded in the Lord you will not accept any other view. But whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. Now, brothers and sisters, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. I wish those who are disturbing you might also let themselves be mutilated. For you are called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, 
you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things, as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. This has been the Bible 365 Podcast, a production of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Edmond, Oklahoma, in collaboration with Cinematic Waves, TV and film post-production studios. The Christian Standard Bible is copyright 2017 by Holman Bible Publishers, used by permission. Having heard the word for today, may the same Holy Spirit who inspired Scripture now inspire faith in you to live each day as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Love God, love one another, and love your neighbor.